0: Hello and welcome to episode 13 of GameSpot After Dark. My name is Jake and this is GameSpot's official gaming podcast. Joining me this week is Callie Plaguey. Hello! Lucy James. Hiya! Tamor Hussein. Hi. And for the first time, Ben Jenka. Howdy Jake! How's it going? <laughs> it's going pretty well, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going to be talking about Death Stranding, a game you've been playing a lot of. Yes. But before we get to that, we start every episode with the Chris from Dayton, Ohio segment. And this is basically where you... Tell us what kind of games you like to play, uh, what kind of genres you play, what games you come back to, what are some of your favorite games. So, yeah, let's hear it.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jingle, did please. I,
0: did I skip? all Oh, please. the
2: jingle. We didn't get jingled at all? No.
1: This time, hang on, put it in
2: here. Chris. Such a good jingle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love uh, it. Royalty free. Love ladies. See, we're thrown off a little because at first we didn't think we were going to do the Chris from Dayton, Ohio ohio segment but then last minute we were like we should get ben on this podcast because he has been playing a ton of death stranding and not only have you been playing a ton of death stranding but you played a ton of the section that we can talk about
2: yeah so much (laughs) more than anyone should have uh there might even be a psa video going up about how not to mess it up like i did at the same time as everything else who knows uh but yeah so just kind of talk about what i'm what i'm into game wise yeah, yeah. What, what's what's what your you do like, at GameSpot as well, too? That's that's, that's
1: a good important. okay. So, I, yeah, uh,
2: I guess I'll start with that. I publish videos mostly, and then I, I like put my hands on as much stuff as I can. Like, I've written some things, unfortunately. Uh, I've, I've <laughs> they were great, I, and you'll be running more. Right. Yes? There
3: you go. Mm. <laughs> yeah. We may have had a meeting about this.
2: Oh, really? <laughs> Yikes, anyway. Uh, and I guess I kind of get my hands on some of the, like production stuff for other videos and just kind of helping get ideas to put together uh, but that kind of thing on a lot of live streams too but uh,
3: you also like anyways? get oh. here
2: super early and leave much later Oh yeah. than most people uh, first one in the door last one out of the club just like Will Smith <laughs> except do <laughs> you beat Peter Brown uh, sometimes not all the time oh, okay. Peter, Peter and Alessandro are like first people always but uh,
3: being a yeah. morning person must be nice yeah, I, I can't know.
2: imagine. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a morning the, person. The
3: rest of the GameSpot staff is all night owls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The rest of us do not wake up.
0: See, I, I'm neither. I can't wake up early and I can't S- stay up late. <laughs> <Just> don't
2: exist in <laughs> either side. Just yeah. kind of over
0: there. Just kind of got screwed over. Midday owl. Oh. All
2: right. I guess uh, the, the other cool thing, games. Uh, my favorite game might be Grim Fandango. Mm-hmm. Old, like, sc- like adventure game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Schafer. Double fine. Tim Schafer fine. classic. Great music. Great characters. Uh, the Metal Gear series as a whole. Uh, I just like games with like really cool stories and characters in them, mostly.
3: I've always associated you with Metal Gear because back when we worked together at IGN, you had several different snakes on your desk.
2: The Snake Pit.
3: I <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> wow. you're referring to the Snake Pit. I sure am. Uh, I also love naming things that don't need names, apparently. Like the Speed Zone. The Speed Zone, which was a, a fun little is thing. Is it still but... the Speed Zone? Oh, yeah. So oh, I mean, the speed zone.
1: it is the Speed Zone, but when we watch... Uh, Beyblade tournaments. That's it's when it's the, okay. the blast
2: becomes the blast zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, uh, Deadly Premonition, a fantastic game. Uh, Dong and Rapa, a fantastic series that everyone should play. Yeah, this so, is going to turn into me telling people yeah. what <laughs> games they should play that I yeah. like. You, w- what's the game you always come back to though? Oh uh, shoot, it, it's probably Grim Fandango. It's kind of okay. like a really good like anytime I'm feeling down or I want to like see what feels like uh, like a stand-in for an old friend. I'll mm-hmm. start that up and just kind of like. Oh, hey, Manny Calavera, it's good to see you. Still booking travel tickets in the Land of the Dead, I see. That's cool. <laughs> how many times do you think you've played through it? Because that game's pretty short, especially if you know what you're doing, right? Uh, yeah. Short-ish. It, it gets It gets pretty quick uh, after a couple of playthroughs, but I actually couldn't tell you how many times I've, I've lost oh, count. Okay.
3: You're uh, also a big Banjo fan like me. Oh, yeah.
2: I love Banjo.
3: And then you're an MMO guy.
2: Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I actually put Ziv on here as a game that I have been playing this week because it got a big update. But that's not for now. That's for later
3: mm-hmm
0: well before we talk about death stranding we should probably talk about what we've been playing uh i see everyone here has listed death stranding but why don't we talk about <laughs> the games <laughs> that aren't death stranding first and that is pretty much just takes the form of modern warfare or modern warfu as Tamor put here okay and
3: Death is stranding, strandingo yep as he's written it here.
4: I've written it. It in is it. written there. I yeah. see yeah. that. As I've see. written it in a way so it's as disruptive as possible. Yeah, so. It was oh, yeah. really yeah, it was, because I didn't like it.
3: The list is just Death Stranding, Death Stranding, Death Stranding and then Tamor has completely broken it up with that. Yep. So, Yeah.
4: Just introduce a little chaos in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it.
3: Should we talk about Modern Warfare then?
0: Yeah. Why don't we, why don't we get through that quick? Uh, and then we can move right on to Death Stranding. Uh, I don't know, because you, you talked a lot about it last week, but now that people have had their hands on it. I've been playing a good amount of multiplayer. I played through the single-player campaign. It was all right. I had fun. It ha- it has some good moments, but it's also kind of like, eh, I don't know. Uh, but I've been playing a lot of multiplayer. I like multiplayer a lot. I think this is the first Call of Duty game since, oh, geez, maybe Modern Warfare 2 mm. uh, that I've actually... Been having fun with multiplayer, but already now I think I'm level 40 or 35 or something like that. And I'm like, I don't know how much more I can do this.
3: Yeah. No like triple prestiges in there for you?
0: <laughs> no, not <laughs> happening.
3: <laughs> uh, I disagree that the the campaign isn't memorable. I think there's a couple missions in there. Like as far as mission structure Mm -hmm. goes.
0: There's some great ones. Like Going Dark, I think is...
3: Going Dark is super memorable. Yeah, well, one
0: of the best missions in a Call of Duty game in a while. Although to be fair, I haven't finished the Call of Duty campaign in a long time, but I really enjoyed (laughs) that mission. All
3: right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we had a year off from a Call of Duty campaign, so that could be skewing year.
0: Yeah. I think the last one I finished was Infinite Warfare, which actually I guess wasn't that far away.
3: Which one was that?
0: That was Infinity was that, Ward's last That was the one.
3: one that came with Modern Warfare Remastered. <laughs>
0: yeah. this the one with John Snow in it.
3: Oh, I didn't play that one.
0: But, but that one, I, I will defend that one because a lot of people A lot shit of people on, really
3: like Infinity Warfare, I thought.
0: Really? Well, a lot of people, I thought shit on that game, especially before it came out, but when it well, actually... Well, yeah, because
3: everyone was like, I don't want to buy this game just so I can buy Modern Warfare Remastered because that's the one I really want to play.
0: Well, it was that and many other reasons, too. Also, um, the
2: first time we weren't boots on the ground. That yeah. really threw me for a loop.
0: I wasn't into that at all. <laughs> but like the, the way the campaign is designed, how it is all, there's no loading screens. It's all seamless. Like you start out playing a mission, you get your ship, then you fly up to this sort of base that you're there and you pick up missions, you chat with your teammates. It's almost like Mass Effect light in a weird way. And then you pick different, you pick a different planet and that has a mission. It's like, all right, time to hop in your ship and you like go down to your ship and get in and you see the whole thing. And it's pretty cool. It's like the whole story you can pretty much play in one sitting without any cuts without any and their side missions and all that kind of stuff i it's underrated I, I don't think a lot of people played it because they just were like no i just want to play like you were saying modern warfare
3: i mean that's what i did but i also reviewed modern warfare remastered at the time mm. so i kind of had to jump into it mm. but yeah um I, like i do think there's memorable stuff about it i i do think it's worth mentioning uh what people have been talking about um I think you've probably seen it on Twitter just the historical stuff in that game that's has mis- been rewritten? But yeah, I mean like yeah, you can argue it's a fictional story, but it's very it's a very strange. Decision. It's it's weird
2: to reference a specifically historical thing that has happened and then change one key factor about it to To change. make
3: America look better?
2: Yeah. That's real weird. Uh I'm not not a, not a big fan of that, but uh I I haven't finished the campaign myself personally in this one, but Mm. uh, what I have played I've enjoyed. But it also keeps reminding me how much I miss like the weird mystical stuff that's in Black Ops.
3: I was thinking about Black Ops because like Black Ops 3 was just like, oh, you get your arms ripped off. And then you have this like PTSD like journey through space time. Yeah, I love that
2: stuff. I love the like, ah, oh, we're doing the Cold War, but you're the one who, like, did the president assassination. You're the one who did all this stuff. All of these weird, crazy, like over-the-top crazy you wouldn't expect it, but it's there. And then there's also the zombie story stuff on the side. Yeah. That's that. a
4: wild thing about Call of Duty right now, isn't it? Like, we have I think by the time we published this our interview with Taylor Kurosaki from uh, hmm. Infinity Award will be published, but Lead the narrative things, director, yeah, lead right? narrative director on modern warfare. Um But um the tonal whiplash from game to game is quite severe these days. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we talked about during that interview was um how do you kind of account for the fact that from year to year people are going from, you know, boots on the ground like Ben loves. Oh, to Love boots. my boots. Love those boots on
1: that ground. <laughs> on that ground, <laughs>
4: stomping away. <laughs> to like boots on the side of a wall, running real fast, to boots in like space and you know. <laughs> it's, like, it's all boots. about boots, really. Yeah, it's, it's all about boots. But The like,
3: one the through line is the boots. Yeah, it's really Yeah, important. exactly.
4: Um, but like how do you, because when players play it, you know, when people play it from a year to year, they're not getting any sort of consistent identity in the narrative. And that means that when you come to a game like Modern Warfare that's so starkly ripped from the headlines, how do you expect people to approach it and approach the subject matter with the sincerity they need to both absorb it, understand it, and consider it? Um, And that's the biggest challenge that series currently faces for me. Or it's the biggest challenge that I perceived with the current version of it, the Modern Warfare that was released. So I didn't make it all the way through that campaign because I was having trouble playing it Um, and that was because like I wasn't I was I was prepared for it to be Stark and be what it is and I respect it to some degree for doing that but I wasn't prepared to expect more from it and that's what caught me off guard I never expect more from a Call of Duty than what they have asked me to expect from it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, even like when you look back at old, maybe not so much Modern Warfare 1, but especially 2 and 3, like even those kind of like got a ridiculous out of hand and like, all right, I, like clearly there's bad guys, good guys. It's just Call of Duty just today. Mm-hmm. Well, Modern Warfare, what you're saying, the new one, it, it kind of takes it a step further.
4: Yeah, it feels like a very, it doesn't, it feels like someone's really pulled me into a, an experience that I haven't been, trained to expect or mm-hmm. even like and in the lead up they were very clear about in terms of marking how it was going to be a, a more realistic and pulled from the headlines portrayal of the game Um and in that regard it's very they did their, their part in, in that regard like they were very upfront about that but I guess as someone who's been playing the Call of Duty games for most of my life and most of its existence I've never they, they've they been saying stuff like that a lot. Like, you know, we're borrowing from real events and we're treating this with authenticity. But now they've kind of pivoted into the point where it's like, we're treating this with authenticity and we're actually taking things that happened in real life and continue to happen and are happening right now. Mm-hmm. But they didn't say, we need you to take this seriously.
3: Yeah, they don't really say anything with it, right? Like that was the the main thing I was talking about in my review is like, you raise all these questions and then kind of like, Leave a player to think on them, but to your point, I don't think a lot of people are equipped to to do that in the way that the subject matter warrants like the thing that really shook me about the um whatever you want to call it like revisionist history stuff uh with you know multiple for context multiple uh more crimes committed by the U.S. Uh, attributed to Russia in the game, but with the exact same names, the highway of death looks the same. Um, stuff like that. What really shook me is that I didn't even know those things happened because we don't get taught about any of that. Like, the highway of death happened in, like, before I was born in the 90s. 92. 91 and 92. But... Because it was that soon to when I like close to when I was born, I also never had to learn about it in school. Like you, like in the U.S., your history class stops at like m- maybe Reagan.
0: Yeah, I think the yeah. goal for was like a paragraph was, when I was in history. You
3: don't even go over it. You're like, oh, it's almost summer, and the teacher's like, whatever. Like the it happened. You got you're, you ask your mom. You know, like it's like yeah. really like you don't learn about it. You you barely learned about Vietnam.
4: So <laughs> can you imagine a kid being like? Mom, can you tell me about the Gulf War? <laughs> <I know. laughs> Shut up and eat your Fruit Loops.
3: Yeah, exactly. So that 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 really shook me. That like, you know, you have this mass market game. I understand to a degree why you have to play it safe, but in in invoking real life tragedies, you could have used that as a a. Way or an opportunity to open people's eyes, or to say something more, and the game doesn't do that.
0: Well, especially like since the themes of that game are like, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, like what's the yeah. threat, what isn't a threat, uh, like should should you always follow your orders? Like that that is literally in the game. There are characters who are like, I don't know if I want to follow these orders. Like yeah, and, and then yeah. it comes this, and they're like they're like, oh, the 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 terrorists did this whole thing, mm-hmm. and and like even if even if that doesn't bug you that it has been flip-flopped like that, I think it is still very strange that they clearly had this parallel that works very well in the game and aligns with its themes, but they were like, ah, we're going to flip this.
3: Yes, that's mm-hmm. exactly the, the point. Like, even if you are like, it's just a fictional story, which is like one valid interpretation um, of it, within that fictional story, it doesn't make sense. It's a bad decision within what they've written um mm. so yeah and i mean like the further i get away from it the the more distaste i have for the Farah sequences mm. i think i mean i don't know there i don't i don't want to say too much because i know people want to like play it
0: but uh, i i will yeah. say to no one's surprise this game is not being sold in russia at least digitally on sony's end i think Mm. Uh, you might yeah. be able to find the it, modern sure. warfare series it's, really burned the bridges with. Emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. um But but another interesting thing was it Battlefield Four. Your enemy was China. Like that that was who you fought that entire game. Um, it is kind of interesting parallel, I guess. That mm-hmm. I don't know, especially with so, the current so, political climate. Exactly. Like I'm surprised that EA greenlit that. Uh, I don't know. There's probably more to be read in there, but I don't know if I'm. Quick to talk about it right now mm-hmm. but i just kind of thought that was interesting um yeah
4: i guess the, the thing to take away from it is like despite what i believe what other people believe there's it's a clearly a powerful campaign um it's a memorable campaign for various reasons for some it might be that they walk away from it thinking this wasn't done right and this wasn't for me others may feel enlightened by it um and they may actually feel like this is something I want to look into. Or they might be like, I, I don't want this. Um, but it's it's not to discredit the campaign. I'm not trying to discredit the campaign entirely. Mm-hmm. I feel like my personal perspective means that I've interpreted it and digested it in a very specific way that results in me kind of like walking away from it, but I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case for everyone else. And I don't feel like everyone should go in there looking to find problems with Mm -hmm. it, go in there and just play it and see what comes up. What does it stir? Um, in that regard, it's a successful
0: campaign. Um, in that it makes you think. Yeah. Uh, And and I guess to reclarify when I said it wasn't memorable, uh, I, I I think it's just, for me personally, uh, I was expecting, like, in terms of gameplay, I was expecting more from that instead of just the typical Call of Duty, you know, shoot all the enemies that keep spawning. Uh, And there are moments like the Going Dark level, which shows a lot of promise, and and that particular one is memorable. Even some of the CQB stuff I thought was Really interestingly done. Um, but like when it comes down to what you're doing, it's like, oh yeah, like this oh yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> uh when it comes down to it, while I was playing it, I'm like, all right, this is a call of this is very this is just another Call of Duty game. I don't know why I was expecting anything else, because it is Call of Duty. Uh it tackles some more interesting themes and maybe tells its story in a more memorable way, but like when it comes down to it, I feel like a lot of those missions I played, except for Maybe the two I just mentioned, I'm probably going to forget about. And like tomorrow was saying, not to dis- discredit the campaign entirely because uh, there are cool moments. But uh, I think for me personally, I guess I'm just looking for more out of these campaigns, especially when they try to tackle something more yeah. w- with more teeth, I guess.
3: Yeah. Well, you know who's going to love it? Who? My dad. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I can't wait for my dad to play. He's going to love it so much.
0: You going to educate him about the goal four stuff?
3: No, <laughs> I don't want to start a fight, Jake. <laughs> uh,
0: anything else to be
3: said about Modern
2: Warfare? Uh, it's weird that they're trying to move in on Battlefield's territory with their... Ground yeah. War mode, but that, it's all right. Yeah. It's, it's, it, I don't feel like it, it hits everything that Battlefield does very well, but it's interesting to see Call of Duty doing it. Yeah, yeah it's fine.
0: I, I've, I've been enjoying it, but I have some issues with it. Like clearly, Gra- We're talking about Ground Wars. Yeah yeah, 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 Ground so War. To clarify. Uh, I have been enjoying it quite a bit because I like that more responsive shooting in Call of Duty and playing that on a bigger scale is kind of interesting, but I also think it's to its detriment because it's easy to shoot people from far away. Uh, Sniping in particular is very, very easy. It feels
3: Uh, hitscan. I know that there's updated ballistics, but when I was sniping, at least not in realism mode, like in core, mm -hmm. it felt like I was trying to aim for ballistics and I kept missing, so I aimed for hit scan, and I was hitting.
0: So so I think it is ballistics, but because they didn't wanna change the formula too much, right, they wanted to keep the the the, the time it takes, the bullet travel time, the mm-hmm. same, or however it was supposed to be in the original, uh, even though it was hit scan in the older ones, I guess. Uh, so, so I think there is ballistics, but you're not really gonna notice a huge difference. Uh, with snipers in particular, like if they're really far, I will, you will have to lead them, you will have to adjust for drop. But I feel mm. like even then, I rarely have to. And yeah, I feel just, like
3: I barely had. To. Exactly.
0: And the sniping is just so easy. While Battlefield, you know, if you want to snipe in Battlefield, sure, you can do it, but it's going to be difficult. While in this, it's like, all right, I mean, I, I'm just going to get on top of a building and post sniping up and shoot is a bunch.
3: It's easy money. Like, like that's just.
0: Yeah. I, I, when I play Ground War, I snipe and I get chopper gunners almost every game, which I never do in Call of Duty games. Ever And I'm like, all right, see, I like Ground War. But I think <laughs> the other thing about Ground War where it kind of suffers that Battlefield is figured out is that you can't mark anything. You can't yeah. tag things, which yeah. is pretty important. I feel like especially after Apex, but when you're playing in a map that big and sure you've got the compass up top where you can be like, oh, they're at 290 or whatever. But still, like not being able to mark the building that, a sniper's at is, especially when snipers are such a huge problem, it's kind of an issue.
2: Yeah, I think there's the only thing close to that is like there's a perk that lets you mark people, but that's not the same yeah. as a proper yeah. like marking mechanic. Yeah, that. And then you can't, it puts you in squads of four, but you
0: can't actually switch squads. So if someone gets kicked and rejoins, you can't, it'll just randomly assign them to a squad, which is frustrating because you want to spawn on your squad mates, you want to play with your squad mates. Yeah. And the fact that you can't do that just, just kind of baffles me. Uh, yeah. Maybe they'll add it eventually. And then finally having two maps is like, I don't know. You play those a day and you're probably tired of them. So those are my thoughts on Ground War. I, I've been having fun with it, but I don't know how much more I can do of it, I guess.
2: Yeah, I feel about the same. Yeah. Although uh, people
0: in helicopters, they like to fly on the sniper towers. Yeah. And just blade everyone on top. And that's pretty <laughs> funny. That, that's, that's, that's some good stuff. Anyway, Modern Warfare going there, once there it is that's going it. twice that's all right we'll just, just call it but the big thing we want to talk about
1: i finally finished borderlands three you're right that's what? it, <laughs> that's it.
3: <Woo>! congrats lucy
1: <laughs> it wasn't worth it
4: <laughs> that final boss though
1: i don't even remember it and what? we did it three days ago my
4: favorite thing was um there was one point where the there credits was, no the, the credits were the best part there was two points that i remember where Something major happened, and then we were all like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that happened!" And Lucy comes back with, "What? I looked away. I was looking at my phone. What happened?" And it's like the reveal of who the villains are, and then also the last boss being dead. She's like, "What? What happened?"
1: Yeah, and then the music because I kept getting this weird music bug. I turned all my music off, so I almost missed the incredible ending credit song, which is um, spoilers. I don't want. I'm not gonna spoil it, but look it up because it is. I mean, there's on the nose, it and was, then there. Yeah, is. I was,
4: I <laughs> did an audible groan, and I was like, "Oh my
0: god!" Huh? Huh?
1: Yeah. But you know, let's let's move on. I'm I'm moving on. I've deleted it already. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, I, I, the big topic this week, obviously, is Death Stranding. We can talk about up to episode three, or we can talk through episode three. Nothing past that. Uh, Callie, you're reviewing it. Your review should go up by the time this podcast is up.
3: Yeah, God willing.
0: God willing. <laughs> um, we have some questions. I figure we'll get to that later. But I guess just to start out, uh, just general thoughts on Death Stranding. I know people have been waiting a long time for this game. Uh, people still have a ton of questions about it.
2: It's mm. another game about boots, technically. It's really mm. on <laughs> the ground. <laughs> a lot of focus yeah, on so, the so boots. I call pack. that sandals on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Plenty of focus on, on boots. A lot, lot, of, lot of booty.
4: Oh yeah, A yeah. lot, mm-hmm.
3: lot of Norman Reedus booty. Showering, and also booty, yeah. as in
4: like items to collect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. treasures yeah. to be the two gathered. booties. Yeah, mm-hmm. the two essential booties in every person's diet. Well,
3: <laughs> <do> you- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. eat it. Pirates booty. Uh,
0: do you want to do you want to start, Callie? Since you sure. are reviewing the game.
3: Sure, I I would say like. I I think I talked about the last time we talked about Death Stranding. Also,
0: sorry, one thing. No spoilers. Obviously, I said we can't go past chapter three, but oh yeah,
3: we're gonna no. If
0: you're worried about spoilers, we're gonna be as vague as possible about story stuff.
4: Unlike that launch trailer, damn. I (laughs)
3: didn't watch it. Don't watch it. Didn't watch it. Don't watch it. (laughs) Um, If you haven't started the game, it probably wouldn't make any sense to you. But like, if you've started it, like all of us have, definitely. Yep,
0: is a big mistake. It was a big mistake.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I will say I've, I've finished it, obviously, because I'm working on the review. I just um, had
4: the, the mistake guy from Scrubs come out in my brain.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> but Yeah, I, I think I, I talked about how annoyed I was that everyone was like, we don't even know what you do in this game. Um, what you do in this game is deliver packages. And it's my favorite part of the game. I really like it. <laughs> You are
1: Philip J. Fry, executive delivery boy. Oh my God! You get that PC mod going as
2: soon as the PC version comes (laughs) out. I
4: did not even make that connection.
3: Um, Yeah, I mean, so like on the most basic level, your job is to deliver packages to people um, because of something called timefall and chiral clouds. Um, Timefall is rain that accelerates the aging and deterioration of things it touches.
0: It's basically like rain turned up to 11. Cause isn't yeah. it is, like I, I had that occurrence while playing. I was like, wait a second, this is just rain, but like more powerful <laughs> rain. Why did you sound like rain? Nicolas Cage
5: there? Oh. Cause
0: I was like, you know, it's like that is quintessential R slash shower thoughts. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty much when I had it. I was it's like, it's just rain. I was like, wait, but rain does that anyway. It's just super
2: powered rain. It's heavy rain. Just Oh
3: loud. wow. Ooh. All right. So, um, because of that uh, drones and planes and stuff don't work you have to go on the ground Oops. that can be that can be by walking or using vehicles um, and so you just hand deliver stuff to people's little little shelters and to, to cities everybody kind of has to take shelter from all the bad stuff um, so that's what that's on the most basic level what the game is but what mm-hmm. the what Death Stranding actually is, is, is a game about forming connections with other people, um, about kind of abandoning an individualist mindset and coming together for the, for the purpose of lifting everyone up. And I think one of the best ways that Death Stranding does that is through the online component, which is where you can see other people's mm-hmm. structures, um, just the things that other players are doing around you. Um, <coughs> You really do gain a sense of appreciation for the things, the thoughtful ways people help you.
1: Oh, yeah. Without
3: even, they probably don't even know, or maybe they do. Uh, People leave signs to say that, like, this river is really deep. Or, you know, there's a lot of rain through here, and you got to be careful. Or
2: even just little ones that... Actually, like perk you up will actually get your stamina back while you're like getting Mm, up a hill, like a Um. good
3: generator placement, yeah, like a generator to keep your battery power up. There's a lot of like little mechanics like this um, stamina, battery. Mm. Um, It's
0: kind of cool, too, right? Because those of us who've been playing, there's like a list of people who we've seen consistently helping Mm -hmm. us. It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. shout out to uh, the god lore for one is like, I always see his bridges in like the Mm. best spots ever, and I'm like, thank god for him,
1: yeah, there was one like. Joe Scrabble's put down a really good generator or something the day, and I still think about it in my head where it's like, mm-hmm. ne- I, I just should text Joe and say, yo, thanks for that. Yeah, oh. Jake, like, it's so good. It's, and it's also very weird because we're currently playing in the closed yeah, environment. With other and yeah, with games industry You see names and you sort of recognize them, and yeah. you're like, oh...
0: And like yeah, packages, like packages you lose, someone else can deliver. Yeah. Uh, so like, whenever you when I logged in today, it was like, so and so delivered this. Like, mm. KK Spark delivered this. So and so delivered like that's just me. like a bunch of. I people delivered. Like, oh, that that's nice because I couldn't carry these. I was physically encumbered, <laughs> and I had to throw them and ditch them.
3: I delivered three of your lost packages so far. J- Jake oh. has saved me with generators multiple times.
4: I just sorry. I like, just had a moment where I I was because I was saying to Jake earlier like I've not seen anyone. Um, oh, I'm KK, your Spark. KK Spark. Yeah. Oh
5: because
3: man. Because the
4: Facebook like, integration is gone from PS4, so I don't know who anyone is <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yeah.
3: <laughs> like, like KK Slider. It's yeah, fine.
4: yeah. So it's a good name. Um. <laughs> well, thank you for the signs.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. I put down a lot of signs. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And like, like actually, I my bike was about to run out of battery. I was being chased by enemies. I was like having a terrible time. I turned. I like got up this hill, and there was a generator generator waiting for me, and it was Jacob Deck's generator, yeah. and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I think that is one of the strongest things about this game. I mean, you, like, there's all sorts of layers of, like, from, like, normal story stuff to, like, out there. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've watched the trailers, you're probably like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, there's a lot of stuff that it runs the gamut from, like, grounded in reality to, like, just off the wall but uh i think the the meta narrative that comes through and just your actions um to help other people whether they're npcs or real players like taking the time like i would go out of my way to put a generator down or to like like oh i think you know uh, or
0: like stop to help build a road or something like that you're like so pe- people are gonna roads. need these so you, you'll yeah. although we haven't figured out exactly how the roads work because you have roads that i don't have in my game and i'm like. Well, what is this?
3: I'm not sure how it works. But there's definitely roads that have popped up that I didn't build. Mm. And I'm like, that was nice of you guys. You know what I really
1: <laughs> like? The way that they implement the online, like having other people help you in your game, is that, so you're also reconnecting America. You're And you do that by, you're walking across and you go to someone's outpost or a city and you invite them to join this network. Mm-hmm. But your journey from the last point that you've connected to that new place is completely devoid of help and you have to do that by yourself. And then once you get that place on the network, the surrounding area Mm -hmm. is put on the network and it means you can see everyone else's stuff. So it kind of instills in you that look how difficult this was by yourself and now look at how Mm -hmm. easy it is because other people around you are helping you Mm -hmm. and you're all in this together. Yeah, High school, not high school, (laughs) school but like (laughs) it's something that, because I was really frustrated with the game at the very beginning because
5: me
2: too it yeah. is
1: very much it throws a lot at you it's a lot it's a lot in the very and it's beginning it's slow
2: I loved all of it
1: <laughs> but then, that's the thing I think once those once those systems start making sense and obviously because you're you spend a lot of time walking and they do a really cool thing with the music and Ooh, it you just yeah. kind of it's very. Mindful, I guess, would be how I describe it. Mm. It's
0: a very cool low roar soundtrack experiment yeah. Yeah. too. Yeah. Pop, pop, I, pop virus, though. Yeah, I pop virus is the jam. I really like
3: the low roar stuff. Sometimes he sounds like Tom York to me.
0: Thom York, Thomas York, Thom Tom Yorky. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, I could see some some of that.
3: Yeah, um, yeah. The the music that plays like oh. it, when you've been walking for a while, sometimes music will come in, and it's just so like oh. contemplative. Um, it's
1: like Hideo Kojima played the walk into Mexico in Red Redemption. I was
0: like, I'm gonna do this as many times as I'm I can.
5: Gonna, I'm gonna make a game
1: of <laughs> this I'm, moment. I'm, so and, like, it's effective every time. Yeah. It's so good.
0: Although occasionally it'll like come in right as I'm about to finish a delivery, and I'll get like 10 seconds of it, and then I'll stop and wait. To That's happened to, to me. It. Yeah. And then, and, and then eventually, like, all right, I'm just gonna turn this package
2: in. Oh, I love it when it pops up when I'm not doing the right like delivery at all. Like, oh, I got sidetracked picking up like someone's lost book collection, but all of a sudden the music pops in as I'm like barreling down like a hill. <laughs> or I'm like trying to get my truck
0: out of like a yeah, spot yeah, and yeah. I'm just like bouncing it up and down and like backing it up and I can't move and then it's
2: just like the music starts coming in and you see and I'm like, Well, all right. The engine noise drops out, <laughs> yeah. the the music comes into kinda of, kinda of whiskey away, but yeah. Uh, I think it was Tam and, and I. We were talking about uh, musical moments in games and how mm. that's like a really cool thing that not too many people do. Like you've got the the moments from Red Dead, uh, the one that we both uh, talked about a lot were the Saints Row games. They yeah. do them very well.
1: Oh, uh, don't want to miss a thing. Was very
2: yeah. good. Yeah. Um. Or the power. Power.
0: Probably almost their entire budget was just went straight to, to <laughs> getting that. So one? One. And was it? Uh, I
4: need a hero.
2: Yeah, uh, holding out for a hero. Holding out for a hero. Uh, yeah. in, uh, the uh, end, yeah.
4: in the end. In the end. So
2: good. And having that ha- happen multiple times to it's, give you like time to reflect on things and mm-hmm. just listen mm-hmm. to a good jam so, is really good. So the, one of the things, like
4: to build off what Lucy was saying, where you get that appreciation by going through once and then coming back, like I'm really struck by how well the game makes you take it earnestly Mm -hmm. like you come into it and every part of it it starts off to me if feeling a bit awkward like the writing feels awkward because they're talking about things in a matter of fact way that sound just ridiculous yeah it's me die Die hard man gotta look out for the bt's Timefall, bt's bb's yeah dead man like everyone's name
3: is the most literal it's like jk (laughs) rowling's naming scheme turned up To eleven. Yeah, exactly.
5: But
4: the thing (laughs) is, like,
3: like (laughs) I really enjoyed that. I was tying my shoe. I I, I, I need to. I need to. I just Remus Remus Lupin is werewolf. (laughs) Mick werewolf. Like, like like, that's what this is.
4: As you play the game, I feel like Kojima's greatest trick so far in this game, the devil's greatest trick is you know convincing people he doesn't exist. This one (laughs) is. This one is like Kojima's greatest trick is. Taking that cynicism that you have, and then turning it into earnestness. Yes, and that is fundamentally like what Lucy was saying. Like it's hitting on a.
3: Hits I'm, different. I'm, Shit I'm hits gonna sound different.
4: like I'm gonna sound like such a knobhead, but it really touches the soul and the heart. Like I found myself really, really like softening to the thing, the themes and the ideas that it was presenting. Like the the th- the things that I was balking at at the start, and I shouldn't have. I was gonna. I was gonna say I shouldn't doubt him because I love his games and I, I'm one of those people who's inclined towards stroking his ego. But like, I was just. I said <laughs> ego, um, <laughs> um, but if he wants to, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but like the things that I was like really turning my nose up, the things that are like you know. They're they're more intense than Super Baby Method and Lale Lule Lo, any eh, wherever. Because they're so like
3: one of my Japanese animes. yeah oh. Like
4: that was we got to that point with Metal Gear. This is full frontal nonsense. <laughs> it um, really is. There's a title for the podcast. Um,
5: but, uh, <laughs> but like
3: over
4: time I, I started to really understand what those moments meant. Like the seeing someone put down a ladder and like l- actually coming to a stop and going, this is incredibly helpful to me. Mm -hmm. And it's because all the walking part of it is so arduous. Mm -hmm. And it's such a demanding thing. And you know that every moment, every step that you take, you're losing time, you're losing resources, you're losing these things. So then when you see a ladder or you see a sign or you just see a name that you recognize and next to a small thing that you know is going to help you in a minuscule way, you do take a moment to think like, oh, I really appreciate that. This person took the time out to do it. And I think back to all those times when he's Kajima's talked about, you know, the strands and, you know, the the ambition for, you know, omoyari and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, and how it sounded like ridiculous, like the ravings of someone who's clearly a bit full of himself. That's what he looked like to everyone. Mm-hmm. People were like tearing him down, being like, he's at it again. But then you play it and you're like, man, he actually did it, and I, and I understand what he's talking about now. Yeah,
0: I, really- I think regarding the story too, like when you're front loaded with all that stuff, it's like, all right, I, how does this affect anything? Like, how much of this do I actually need to learn? What do I not need to learn? And then as you play the game, all that stuff they talk about actually factors into the gameplay too. Like, there's a reason why rain isn't just called rain; it's called time fall, right? There's mm-hmm. a reason why, uh, the, why they're called strange, like it, like all these weird terminology all this weird terminology starts to make sense after a while and it's like okay it's not here just to make this confusing it's here to explain actual gameplay mechanics that happen in this game and
3: it's not weird for weirdness sake i mean there are things that are weird for and with that are kind of like, oh, that was you weird. You
2: spend
1: a lot of time watching Norman Reedus in the shower. Yes. On he, the toilet. I could
2: draw you a picture of his body. Yeah, I know everything. <laughs> I, I, I can know. tell you exactly where all of it, yes. Every crevice. Yeah,
3: isn't. his his leg hair starts in a weird place. But like... Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes! Big
5: but,
3: but I think that... Th- I think some things make more sense than other things, but I do think that the different... Like, there's an, there's an A plot and a B plot and kind of a C plot and then, like, subplots and I think they all kind of intertwine Mm -hmm. um one thing i do want to say about the beginning of the game i didn't find it as frustrating as a lot of people did but i think the reason it's hard to get into that early section is because you're missing the help from other people yeah Yeah. you don't have that yet in episode the prologue to episode two you don't you have like there's like a npcs who will have ladders and Mm -hmm. that kind of shows you how to that's like how it's like oh here's how you could be helpful mm. here's what good ladder placement looks like or whatever but um once you get to episode three it really opens up and you get to see like the <laughs> i think we all had this probably matt Paget, who was on last week's episode the first thing you see like at the beginning of episode three when you like walk out is this huge like thing that he's built and like I, multiple people in the office talked to me about it they were like oh that thing scared me blah blah oh. blah and I was like... Was that him? That's Matt yeah. Padgett. Oh. Oh, that's <laughs> him? That's him. I thought Wait, that
1: was... I thought that was in the game. I thought that no. was a
2: reference. Yeah, are no... You- he he built that. Oh. Are, you, are you talking about like a like a watchtower? Or? No, yeah, no. The wa- it, well, it's a it, it's it a is thing.
1: a watchtower. Oh, but it's one of the
2: things attached to the watchtower. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't see that at all. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's funny. We don't want to spoil it, yeah, but it's
4: yeah. not
0: really a spoiler. It's, You'll get there. It's probably like you're that, like, all that, right, this is kind of stupid. That but. is
4: such a good placement of that thing. It so is, I thought it I, was a Kojima hand placed
5: thing.
3: Yeah. So that was. That was Matt Paget, so I stepped out, I saw it, I saw Rondell McDonnell, and I smashed that MF in like button, and then, and then I was in a meeting with Randy, my boss, and he was like, oh man, that thing scared me when I stepped out, and I was like, oh, you know, Matt Paget put that there, right? And he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, yeah if you see Rondell McDonald, you give him a like.
2: Shoot, I should have waited to start <laughs> my, my game, because I was that. like... I was with the first like wave of people so everyone's like, post boxes everywhere, nothing else. Yeah. No one has any <laughs> cool like tech and no one understands what's going on yeah. yet. Uh, well the first time I saw a bridge it blew my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
4: but yeah the first bridge i built was an utter failure so somewhere there's a monument to my misunderstanding and my inability to read ui properly in the early stages of death stranding yeah so please smash that like button on it i know
0: we keep saying smash that like button that but that is actually a mechanic in the game like if you find a structure that you like you don't just hit like you jam the touchpad as much as you can so even if you're not wild about this game chances are you will have smashed that like button literally many many times yeah. mm-hmm. like um, more than just like i imagine youtube content creators are going to be jealous because no one is ever going to smash a like button
2: as much as they will in death strand dude it's it's also worth mentioning too you can you can you can give more likes the higher level you are yeah yeah it's yeah. so like i went from being like oh cool i can give like 50 likes to my friends to now i'm like i could drop like 2k on that without <laughs> even <laughs> any, like.
5: I,
3: it's a it's remarkable it like it sounds kind of corny, but it really makes you think about yourself because the mechanic of receiving likes from other people so nice. is such a driving factor. I Every time I boot up the game, I check my likes yeah. to see if anyone has appreciated my signs. Oh, oh, and wait. no one freaking likes my signs except Ben. <laughs> And and Alessandra once. <laughs> I was like, I, I like my signs. I ignore
0: signs, to be honest. I have only wow, placed... Wow,
3: mine are so helpful. I, I, I only, pay
0: attention to them almost all the time. I've I only placed one sign and I got to the top of a mountain and placed the no pissing
2: sign And on I found top. it. And yeah. Ben found it and liked it. <laughs> hey,
3: I saved Ben's life with it's a true. sign.
2: It's uh, true. One of her signs literally did save me. I was doing like... I had to talk about the fact that this game also like speaks to my inner trying to get like video game vehicles in places they're not supposed to be. I I love doing that more than anything. And this game is just, you want to do that, but for 90 hours, literally everywhere, go for it. (laughs) Uh, So I got like a vehicle into a place that it wasn't supposed to be like I do. And I see the sign off to the side and I'm like, Oh God, what does that mean? It looks like rocks. And all of a sudden I hear rocks coming and I just jam on reverse and I get out of there. Uh, And I save my entire cargo load. And everything else, and I saw that it was Callie Stein that actually told Falling me.
3: Falling rocks, baby. Yeah.
4: I think one of the other things that I really appreciate, this is less wacky than all the things that we just talked about, um, <laughs> but isolation mm. in that game is treated incredibly powerfully, I mm-hmm. feel like. Um I'm currently like in a situation where um, I get that feeling of isolation in real life a lot, just because of the circumstances of which I am in, like moving from country to country. And when I play that game, a lot of times I find myself kind of feeling melancholic about things while playing that game because you are just walking. And the really ingenious thing is it's like Zelda Breath of the Wild where there's a lot of silence in the game. Um, Mm. There's a lot of like, not, not music always. Music is used to punctuate moments in a very... Um, delicate way and when you're walking across this massive landscape and you're just hearing wind and your own feet making noises on the ground it has this it really accentuates that feeling of being alone in in like a world and if you're inclined or you're currently like feeling that way it can accentuate that as well Which is kind of like it inspires like self-reflective moments so that is in a lot of ways what backpackers and hikers aspire to right like for not all of them but a lot of them have that that feeling of being wanting to you know have their own space for a while Mm -hmm. and 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 be with their own mind and I feel like this game does that so well. Yeah, really I does. think an
0: interesting trend too, especially with Zelda, I, I, for a while there, open world games are always about like, there needs to be a ton of content to do. Everywhere you look, there has to be something you can pursue, do. Like there should always be a cave to explore something like that. And with this and Zelda in particular, I think it gets you to really appreciate just open areas. And mm-hmm. sometimes uh, the, the journey isn't just finding the next point on the map. Sometimes the journey is just, hey, I... Cross this entire like area, and sure there weren't any enemies. Sure there wasn't any anything really to wa- watch out for, but it was just like I had to really figure out how I was gonna get there. And I think Zelda did that really well. And games haven't done it really since uh, mm-hmm. Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, also
3: it's really interesting to see. I mean, it's a it's a game ab- about uniting America. You hear a lot of talk about America. Um, and obviously, Kojima is a Japanese man, um, and I think the theme of you have the th- the themes of American individualism from his perspective, but also loneliness and isolation, um which you read a lot about in Japanese society you know you hear a lot of like declining birth rate and
4: shine and stuff and, like.
3: and Hikikomori and um neat neat Nitsutachi neat and. I find the combination of those things really fascinating, um, and it's it's a, a very thought-provoking exploration. It's, it's,
1: I think it's very cool the way when you're walking, you can hit the touchpad and Sam will shout out. And if you are in an instance, a multiplayer instance, I think if someone else is there with they'll you, they'll shout back. They'll mm-hmm. shout back, um, and it's kind of a way of exploring that even though you feel alone, if you you say something, if you reach out, someone will be on the other side. It's like, given how batshit those trailers are, when you get into it, it's kind of infuriating how deep this game is and how much it has made me think about Mm -hmm. things because I never expected it to do that. And yeah, it's very powerful.
2: Uh, So I was going to say, actually, the opposite of of what the point that Tam was making was, uh, I'm always jamming on that button because Mm -hmm. it's all contextual. Mm -hmm. And... It was after this one moment where I had made like a a really dumb mistake and I was carrying way too much cargo back and I blew up a car and I was like, Sam's like, I need to drink. He's, he's drinking. He's almost out of stamina. I have no more, uh, monster energy drink to drink.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's another
2: thing. Yeah. I, I start like walking up one of the roads that had recently gotten built, uh, with all of this stuff on my back and Sam's just like complaining the whole time. And I hit the touchpad and it changes his entire set of things. He says to stuff like, I'm fucking done. Like just yelling to the sky and off over the edge. I heard someone say, you can do it. So he's, he's, he's exasperated and he's able to yell it out. And then you get not just actual physical help from people, but the things that they put in the world also provide like verbal encouragement when you're at your like worst part. And I want to make sure people know about that because you can go through the whole game and not do it. Yeah. And it's, great and i loved it and ever since then i've always jammed on the touchpad button Mm -hmm. just to see what would happen it's just it's just so powerful that
4: a game about making you feel isolated is so well um also you know making you understand or the value of connecting um and that's kind of the point of the game right it's it's just that I never expected that dichotomy to work as effectively as it did because you have those moments where you're alone, and then you, you know, you make a connection in some mm-hmm. small meaningful way, and then you think maybe I should do something like this in real life. You know, maybe I should, when I stop playing this game, make more of an effort to mm-hmm. you know, connect with others and be more present, and
3: or just like go out of your way to help somebody. Yeah. Like I really. I was like picking up my friend's lost cargo and going way out of my way. And then I had to stop doing that because I was like, I need to finish this game. But I, <laughs> I was like, I found Jake's lost cargo and I was like, oh no.
2: This has I, to get where it needs to go. It
3: has to go somewhere. And um, I think, I think like, it's not like I don't help people in real life, but I was like, I don't know. It made me think about it more. I also wanted to bring up BB. We haven't talked about BB at all. Yeah.
1: Oh my god.
3: I love BB so much. When he blows
1: like water through his well, whatever that <laughs> fluid is through his mouth, it, the bubbles look like hot. Oh, I know. It's very.
3: Cute. I think that's also it ties into it so well. So you have like you do feel very alone. And sometimes when mm-hmm. I was playing, I would forget that sorry, BB was there.
0: Sorry, we should probably like explain who bb is like what bb is oh sorry
3: the baby the baby
0: so the baby baby. and basically what it serves mechanically in terms is that like when sam plugs into this baby he kind of senses things that are happening in the so he on the beach which is basically the afterlife so he can see bts which during rainstorms kind of populate the world and you want to try to sneak well, around him. Yes.
3: Well Sam. Sam can always see BTs if he's not moving, he can, he can sense them. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you sort of
0: see them. So he can yeah. sort of see he's them. He's like an intermediate but level. Yeah, or or is he level two or something like yeah, that? Yeah. Said? yeah.
3: But BB um has you have like a scanner that's always it's not like BB is not the scanner, but BB can use the scanner to alert you to mm-hmm. um BTs while you're moving, because you can't see them while you're moving. Um but I think BB also serves a purpose of like I would forget that BB was there, like you do feel very alone. And then, like, as you approach BT, like an area that has a bunch of them, they're these like monsters, basically. They're just monsters. Um, BB will start to cry mm. and you're like reminded, like, I'm kind of responsible for this baby. Like, there, the the narrative thing with BB is that bbs or bridge babies are pieces of equipment they're not like actual babies so you're told like it's just a piece of equipment yeah um but obviously it's a baby and you hear it crying and as human beings we're like w- wired to h- be upset by yeah, that yeah. noise um and so like a bb can suffer from something called autotoxemia if you put it in stressful environments like sensing bts um or if you fall, you can also stress it out yeah. a lot. Uh, submerged in man, water. Can you
0: submerge yeah. water and you can fall. <laughs> <If> you, <laughs> so you're not careful. You can find yourself tumbling down yeah. an entire mountain. So,
3: so BB, like, you have a responsibility to BB. You don't want that baby to suffer from autotoxemia. It's not nice. And I definitely had this moment of, like, I'm responsible for this thing. Like, it's safe because it's in this weird pod. Mm. But, like... I, it was yeah. this, this weird, like, not only am I caring for the people around me, like I have, like, a thing that can't care for itself.
1: Uh, Do you think it's a a Kojima sort of commentary on we don't, we're not thinking about the next generation, like Boomers, we're not thinking about our generation.
3: Yeah, okay, Boomer. Like, <laughs> but like,
1: you know what I mean? You know, favorite album. Whereas, <laughs> it's kind, it's that mindfulness again, right? Of you are not just thinking about your generation and the world. That you're currently living in, you should be thinking about what Who comes the, after what, you. What's the proverb? It's like plant a tree today so that like your ancestors, your ha, descendants have can shade, yeah, yeah. Shade in
3: the future or something. That's absolutely a part of it. I think. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Ben, you were gonna say something. I, think I was gonna say your BB actually suffered from autoxemia. No.
2: Oh, multiple times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mine has once, but. Uh, I was going to say any have I've actually tripped or fallen in the game which is only 7 I checked my stats <laughs>
1: Oh, I didn't realize there's a stat there. for yeah. it yeah. I have uh, stacked it in rivers so many times because oh, no. <laughs> I didn't realize that you could ping and see how deep how, the yes. river was so I thought I <laughs> could uh, wade across that and then you just eat shit that, and yeah, all your packages just start to float sadly that's the most brutal way to down. fall
0: because pack- you just lose
2: all your packages
1: uh, and they, so they so go you down get and that like
0: hood
2: and, and use it to stay afloat in the water
4: that, the amount of time I've spent trying to basically scale vertical surfaces like I am that guy who's like I can get up that mountain and it's like oh, yeah. no this is this is a straight yeah. up vertical Dude, you almost <laughs> always can though there's, there's yeah, oh, there's yeah. ways
0: to do it uh, um, especially like Sky, Skyrim I'd always be like alright I oh, can yeah. I can leap up this mountainside yeah. in this that, game it's like I can do this and then you fall and you're like wait maybe I need to use my ladders and, I
3: did that but on a motorcycle on a bumpy <laughs> surface and I just kept hitting that jump button and I <laughs> finally I got up at like a mountain goat like like yeah. Not even facing forward, like on the side, mm. like doing like popping these like wheelies up this mountain. It took so long. It was so stupid.
0: Yeah, probably longer than just mm. finding the road and use it or use finding a better path. Yeah. too. But it's like when you get
2: in that mindset, you're like, I am
3: getting up anything. This,
2: <laughs> this cliff, if kills me. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite thing is there's literally a voice line that will trigger when Sam isn't supposed to make it up something. He's like, I don't think I can do this. Oh, oh and yeah. I prove him wrong
3: every time. <laughs> oh, he'll hit me with the this Except isn't Except for those working. seven times yeah. you didn't. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then eventually yeah. like, I'll just pop right over it right when he's in the middle of saying it again. <laughs> I'm like, huh.
3: He'll literally be like, this isn't working. And I'm like, oh, we'll see what's not working.
2: <laughs>
4: um, one of, my f- one of my favorite details with BB is, so you use BB to sniff out BTs um, and usually you're going through a BT infested area and you can hear like during that time the the thing that everyone's seen in the trailers the arm comes out and is like spinning constantly Mm -hmm. and is like also like chattering to show you where it's searching and looking for it's like a it's like the head of a swan or something (laughs) like looking around for Mm -hmm. like for for threats and when you when it's close to one it like very aggressively spins and blinks orange um And when you get out of it, BB is incredibly happy Mm -hmm. and it's because... Basically, uh, it seems like it's reacting to the chattering thing because it's basically a sundial, a, a dial, like they, a kid would have yeah, it's a like call, a projection. Right? He actually, uh, actually uses it as one when you, com- yeah. when you comfort him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It turns so into a mobile. He's like a really, mobile, yes. Yeah, it's like a mobile. So he's like really excited by the spinning motion of this thing that's trying to save your life. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a really nice, sweet little touch. My and then
3: when you get
1: out of a BT-infested area, it gives a little thumbs yeah. up. Yeah, it gives a little thumbs oh, when up. Oh, because when you go in, it like taps you on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much, it's, it's sort of like a Star Wars droid in that there's so yeah. much character to essentially an inanimate, well, animate object. It yeah, it flips too. Yeah.
2: I, I, like, yeah. I like it when it does its little flips.
3: The the BB, yeah. 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 The
2: I've got to ask, how many people got the harmonica?
3: No. no. I haven't got a, yeah.
2: You can play the harmonica for BB while you're resting, of and you they will start dancing. Oh my god! Oh god inside the of the pod, BB will
3: start dancing. Bibi, like, just
2: start like I'm doing it. I'm miming it. And no one can see it because <laughs> we're on a podcast, but like, it's just kind of like a like this the whole time, just grooving. And you also get better at playing the harmonica the more you do it, which means more parts happen, and you get to have better music, and you get more likes for it, and BB dances more, and it's really good. So pick that up in the chapter two area. It's hidden away somewhere. That's the only hint I'll give you. But the harmonica is really great. Does um,
1: Jeff Keeley have it?
2: No, he doesn't. <laughs> He's got dinosaurs. I guess to yeah. step
0: back a little bit too. I think a question that a lot of people are probably wondering about this game is combat and how that works. Mm. And uh, like up to like chapter uh, up to chapter three, there are combat encounters, but they're probably not as like if you're thinking you're going to play this like a Metal Gear game.
3: No, it's, no, yeah, yeah, no.
0: It's, it's You can try on it. It's not. It's not very. Yeah.
4: What,
3: fun. what I will say what we can what we can say about combat right now, um, and something that I think is is also a strength of this game is um, one of the lore pieces of lore is that dead bodies um, undergo necrosis and then basically cause like nuclear explosions, but they're not nuclear. They um, have leveled cities. Yeah, they are yeah, huge. <laughs> they're called voidouts. <laughs> Sorry I'm <to get> <laughs> really through me. Um so, so, there, you, so, so you
0: typically don't have lethal options, at yeah, least mm-hmm. like from what we've seen so far. And it is Well
3: my my yeah, my point being like you're actively discouraged mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. killing. Mm-hmm. You can um, definitely kick people while they're down. You sure can. Which there's is important. The, yeah. Cause but you can't
0: pee on people while they're down. No. Oh. Gotta, yeah. Norman Reedus gets embarrassed. Yeah. He's like, why Why would I want to do that?
3: <laughs> I only peed twice in the game because it was uh, so weird. My favorite one is,
2: because this is the first time I tried, he's like, no one wants to see that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, all right, fair. I'll
2: walk away. You know
3: what? You're right. Yeah. Norman. Um, uh,
2: but there's yeah. like CQB
0: sort of, con- like, like you get up close you, to an enemy... You, you said can, that
3: already, and I don't know what that means.
0: Uh, close quarters, or CQC, close well, quarters combat. Close
3: quarters
2: battle, and then CQC is close quarters combat from MLS 3. Yeah. S3. Mm.
0: yeah. Uh, which, which that that is kind of in it, right? Where you can, like, you can punch and dodge and, and counter and stuff like that. But even then, it's not the best way to go about it. I, I found the best way to interact with the mules is to sneak by them. Uh, mm. when you can, in most cases. It can be tough, though. Um, we
3: should say what mules are.
0: Yeah, okay. Like, mules are just basically the enemies that populate. They're just human enemies that will try to steal what you have.
3: Not just human enemies. Why they're there. People who used to do your job as a porter of Mm -hmm. of packages who became corrupted by being replaced by machines um, so much so that they're like addicted to delivering to like having cargo Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they're so desperate to have a purpose. Woof. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Some, some things going on.
1: Um, But when you're, if you're going, usually when you're on the way to a new area and it's not mapped out for you, you will uh, inadvertently wander into a mule camp and they have uh, uh, sort of trackers in the ground that ping you in your mm-hmm. location. And so that takes a, took me a while to get used to because then I would stand there and go, oh, well, I'll just, I'll fight them here. Even though it's your last known location, you can just easily run away mm-hmm. as long as your cargo is not pile too high cuz that means they can just see you yeah. over that rock. Yeah. Um but then but then I think I will say that the encounters with them I find as soon as you get the um well as soon as you learn how to do the strand uh sort of riposte. I never learned the, the, how to do that. That's you,
3: the
2: like middle Gear solid 3cqc thing yeah. and it's yeah. the crux of why I actually like getting into fist fights with all yeah. of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Cuz um and it's then you it. just kind of you know they attack you you counter it and then you sort of, do you tie them up with yeah. that? So you yeah. do
2: like a, a hip toss to make yeah. them lose their balance and then you come up behind them and you do the kick in the ass kill and knock them down <laughs> on the ground. Yeah. kick them in the ass. Um, but the best thing that I love doing, I've got like this, this kind of procedure that I do where I'll, I'll run in full speed mm. and I'll do like a shoulder charge, which will cause them to lose their balance and I'll go through them. And then if you hit them from behind once, they'll fall over. And then I do this one because it goes a slow motion. You can pick up whatever they have on their backs oh. mid air, and then you can actually toss it at the next person who's coming and it's an instant knockout.
1: That's incredible.
2: Uh, and it looks really cool. You should make a gift for that. Really should. You should really make a gift for that. Um, uh, the the yeah. other fun thing too is uh,
0: one of the, not even weapon, uh, it's kind of a weapon, but you get something called a sticky gun, yeah. which is a lot of fun. Like I'll, they'll be like oh you need to steal cargo from this guy and he'll turn his back and i'll just shoot it and rip his cargo right off of him and take it and run back to base and i'm like this is, this is cool
2: so uh, sticky gun's also another one of those just things that feels really good to use to yeah me, and i always have one on me because of it because mm-hmm. you mean like you 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 zipline cargo to you but you can actually catch it out of the air yeah and that that's the moment where you're like oh yeah i'm doing it this is this is really good
3: dude i am such a Like brute force person, I kicked their asses so much, I didn't do any of that. (laughs) I I was just punching people until they passed out.
0: Your punching's fun, too. Yeah. Yeah, Punching is fun. It it, it is satisfying. Um, So we've been going on a while about Death Stranding. We have questions that people have sent in as well. I figure we might as well just go right on to those. Mm
1: -hmm. I like Um, how all of our discussion has been mostly about sort of the, the deep philosophical Philosophical stuff and not really touched on the wacky.
3: I mean, yeah, yeah I, those I
1: mean, cameos we can.
2: The motorcycle. Wow. Makes <laughs> the, Norman Reedus talk. Yeah, the, the, the Monster so Energy drink.
1: The Th- Monster Energy drink is,
2: wow. Something uh, that's definitely
0: something that I've been having a lot of trouble getting over is just it's distracting. Like the Monster the Energy adds. drinks, the bathroom ads for Ride with Norman Reedus are like. <laughs> why i don't know
1: i like it when uh so in each city you have your own private room and you you have some figures on the on your behind your bed and if you hit interact with them norman kind of like comes up to the camera really close and then he points at the toys yeah. <laughs> behind him to invite you to go look at them closer and it's just such a weird little moment the whole- it's weirdly en- endearing. Like, if
0: he has Tomodachi to use the bathroom, just, he like points yeah. to the bathroom and you're like, alright,
2: fine, Norman, you can go to the bathroom.
1: Like a sim. How do
2: you feel about the power. wink, though? The wink, I love the mm-hmm. wink because it tells me I did something good. I don't know, it, just kind um, of, it freaks me out. I'm just like, my, I mean? my favorite one is the like, uh, after you, you like, get to a certain level, with these people they, they basically make beer for you. Hello. And you get to have instead of monster energy drink, you get to drink I, beer. I mm-hmm. quite
3: enjoyed when I replaced the monster energy drink with beer. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, there's a real cool, like, kind of like an almost like a Senran Kagura Dead or Alive Extreme kind of thing that he does with it that makes me really happy that it's in the game. I don't know what any of that meant, but. <laughs> <laughs> It, it he he gets really playful and like splashes you with it and stuff and it's it's real weird but uh, <laughs> and then he's just get weird drunk in the room and yeah. like you can go and like hang out with with BB and he's like oh you're great
1: is <laughs> <Like, It's> great
2: <laughs> like just just drunk stumbling around the room like getting excited about things I'm it's really good the baby <laughs> uh, first question hold on
0: who's this from did I forget to put who this oh no Probably first yeah. question is from Robert J he asks. Dear After Dark Crew, the extra live stream was fun to watch. Please thank please thank Jean-Luc for me, for keeping the stream alive for the whole weekend. I hope everyone got some well-deserved rest. I have some questions about Death Stranding, if you can answer them. Number one, Kojima called this game a new genre of games. After playing it, does it deserve that type of distinction with all the genres we currently have? There is another question, but we'll do this one first, and we can go to the next one.
3: I mean, I don't even think about genre anymore at this point in my gaming life.
0: Yeah, like... I feel like there's not a lot of, especially like AAA games that really fit into like specific genres other than like shooter, action. Everything's
1: a hybrid now. Yeah.
2: Um, I think it, for me at least, I think it does a good job standing out on its own though. Mm -hmm. I
1: I haven't felt this kind of connected to other people through a game since Journey. I'll say that.
0: So I was going to, I think of Dark Souls, honestly. Yeah, it's it's very, it's
1: very similar to Dark Souls, but I think Dark Souls as well, you have the... The capacity to hinder as much as you can mm-hmm. help. Yeah. However, I think with Journey, it's just—I think it's the subtlety about it that I enjoy. Um, that's that, at least that's the um, comparison that my mind. So I, to.
2: I get a lot of Journey, but the one because I played it a lot recently was Kind Words. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's no. one that it makes me think about a lot.
1: I haven't played that yet, but I do. It's want to. it's a game
2: sure just about sending nice messages to people who want to hear positive things. Mm-hmm. And kind of that idea of, you know, putting down the ladders and helping people out, but also even like the NPCs in the game, when you like level up your stuff with them, they send you messages with like a lot of smiley faces and like thumbs up and they're like, Hey, thanks so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. We wouldn't make it without you. And just having that constant uh, barrage of positivity is really nice. And I don't think I've come away from either of those games uh, after playing them and feeling bad, Mm. which is kind of cool, but that's, that's the one that stuck out for me
4: maybe not its own genre but I feel like it's there's no game that exists like it I think I, I can yeah. confidently say that I can Actually,
3: confidently like, say it's a special game
0: especially like in the triple A space right there yeah. th- only Kojima could make a game like this with this kind of budget with this this kind of direction and these kind of ideas like no one else mm. uh, no one else could have done this I don't think Um, but, but yeah I, I guess m- me personally it seems like they took that mechanic of Dark Souls, which was very popular, and how you can leave messages for other players, you can give them hints, help them. But it basically took that and expanded on it in many, many different ways and different facets. And and I I think, yeah, I'm hesitant to say that whether or not it's its own new genre that it's created, but like everyone's been saying, it's definitely something different that you're probably not going to get with any other game.
3: Yeah, I mean, being different on its own doesn't make it, isn't... Just being different doesn't make something good.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, but I think... My, the first two chapters in this game, I would not have said this game is good. I didn't, was not enjoying those first two chapters.
3: Yeah. I, I just think it's... Like I said, I just think it's very special.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: the second question that Robert asks is, do the trailers that were shown previously finally make sense after playing the game? Thanks again for reading, and I hope you all have a lovely day.
3: Does my attraction to Mads Mikkelsen make more sense? Sure.
1: He refers to himself as daddy a lot. It's he sure does. <laughs> he does. Uh, he
3: sure does. a, just a, a big, every time Mads <gasps> says daddy. Uh, uh, just a, just a, a big uh, thank you. That's called <laughs> an big ASMR video <laughs> to Hideo Kojima Bebe. for... Yeah. Oh my God. Shout out to Kojima for that
1: one. <laughs> Honestly, so I sort of went on a bit of a blackout of everything. I didn't watch anything... I didn't watch any of the TGS stuff onwards because mm-hmm. I thought... Yeah. I just I just didn't want to
3: read into things too much, I think. I think
4: that's a smart thing to do. Mm -hmm.
3: I would say like everything we've talked about, I don't know if the trailers really touch on that. The trailers (laughs) it's so impossible to get that across the the trailers impart the like the A plot and the B plot and the characters, but not how those things all work in tandem with what the game is mechanically. Um, mm-hmm. so I would say that the trailers like definitely give off a vibe. Like they have like, they're very atmospheric. They show you kind of like, s- to some extent what the tone is sort of, but it's not nearly as positive as I would say the game so is. For,
2: for me, cause I was, I was really into watching the trailers up to a certain point. I, I think, uh, they, they did a good job of, like you were saying, kind of give the, the feeling of it, but. It they take out a lot of like important context that brings it all together to kind of make more sense. So you're getting a lot of stuff kind of removed from everything else around it, mm-hmm. and having the extra stuff makes it make sense if you could imagine. Uh, so I think, uh, yeah, they. I think for me they make more sense. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it, it makes sense, but it's like
4: you guys, the others were saying, like. It's not indicative of what that game's about. So it goes back to that earnestness that we we're talking about. Like, yeah. you you, you don't get that from trailers. Mm-hmm. You get that from putting your hands on the controller and walking and picking things up and liking things. The What makes that game special is not um, in those trailers at all. Those are just story beats designed to market the game and show you how it's kind of wacky at times. Um, so... Yeah, it's it's you can watch the trailers till the cows come home, but like you will ne- not get a, a, the remotest idea of what that game is and why it's special.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, next question is from a uh, Brett W. He says,
3: "Wait, is that?" Our boy, Brett.
0: It's our boy, Brett. It's my friend, Brett. He says, if this wasn't a Hideo Kojima game, uh, would, it be, would its release be as significant, or how could you sell this game to a casual slash someone who doesn't know anything about this game? He also did say that he's not all that interested in this game, so he's just kind of curious, like, mm, I, our response on this, because it might determine whether or not he is going to buy this or play it. So
3: I can take this because the reason I wanted to review this game is because I've never played a Kojima game before. Not that I don't have a respect for Kojima. Everything I know about Metal Gear, I learned through Ben. Um, and it, it's not like a factor of like not being interested in Kojima games. It's just like not something that I just mi- I just missed them. Um, so I don't have an attachment to Kojima as a creator. And I still think it's a very significant release. Um, do I think there'd be as much attention on it? No. Um, I think that's because it's a very hard sell I think it's I totally understand if people get frustrated with it or don't like it I think if you don't engage with it in earnest and you don't take your time I think rushing this game is probably the biggest mistake you could make um it's except very, for chapter two so except for, <laughs> you shouldn't spend 20 hours in chapter two like Ben did um but I I don't know I just it it definitely uh, imparted a lot on me not by virtue of who made it or who was even in it. There's a lot of cameos um, but just like what it is, which is hard to explain, but um, I don't know. If you don't like slow games and you don't like walking a lot, then uh, I probably wouldn't <laughs> be like if you're like, I hate walking, I'd be like, oh, all right, well it's I, a lot of walking. I,
2: I feel like if I were shown the game as it is without, like, the only thing removed from it is Kojima's name, I'd probably still be as into it as I, I mm-hmm. am now. It's it's kind of got that weird, like, I, I like games that do, like, weird, dumb, interesting kind of conventional or unconventional things to kind of, like, make a point somehow. Mm-hmm. And I feel like having everything focused around just the connectivity and, and all of that is a unique enough thing to make me interested in it, regardless of who's in charge of it. mm mm-hmm. Um, the Kojima thing definitely helps though.
3: I, I would say like there were some weird things that I, I maybe would have been more weirded out or confused by if I didn't know it was Kojima. Yeah. There's, there's uh, some lines. I don't think any, well, I can't say, <laughs> but there's one line in particular where I was like, excuse me, <laughs> what? Like I literally sat up and was like, What? so like there's stuff like that and um but i think that it's part of part of the charm i don't know i think if it's someone who knows nothing about this game
1: don't like walking simulator so oh god that's so trite yeah you do a lot of walking in this game but don't let that put you off so i i talk a lot about um games that i consider podcast games where i don't Feel as engaged in the world. I am there to shoot stuff, move on, shoot stuff. Borderlands three. Borderlands three. Um, oh, I should have turned the the, the words off <laughs> that game. Anyway, <laughs> this uh, Death Stranding to me is not that purely because the act of walking in itself is interesting, and you have to be engaged with it. Like mm. you have to hold the triggers to you know hold the straps on your backpack. Well, not backpack. It's like a it's,
3: it's, a, it's a backpack. It's a backpack, it's a backpack yeah.
1: ish. It's, it's called a backpack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. So you have to you have to hold on to your straps, otherwise you'll fall over and balance, balance is a huge balance thing. is huge. And so it kind of it's almost like a guided meditation in that mm-hmm. it forces you to focus on one thing. And there are some points when you're going from A to B where it I think does the HUD go away? Everything <sighs> just kind of becomes really quiet. And it's just you mm-hmm. Focusing on that one task. And honestly, that is... I do a lot of meditation. I do a lot of guided meditation um, just to kind of combat stress and anxiety. And honestly, playing Death Stranding is really helpful for me because... Yes. It doesn't... Some games, for example, if there's a loading screen between places, I will check email or I'll check my phone. Mm -hmm. Whereas with this, because it's just such an easy cutoff and you can change your... um, switch your attention so easily whereas with this because it's forcing you to keep engaged with it it's yeah very very strangely powerful it's
2: It's, yeah, it gives me a lot of time to kind of stop and think about things which mm. is kind of nice yeah uh i I also like here you're mentioning that a lot of the focus is is on on walking and Mm. sometimes when you're going over like really treacherous terrain your focus will literally like as you're climbing up a hill be on just your feet and where they're going yeah but then almost every time that you spend all the time focusing on walking up that hill and not falling over you come to the top of the hill and you don't have to look at your feet anymore and you get to just stare out mm-hmm. at like mountains and sky and really like just pretty stuff mm. in a huge open scale after you've been looking at like a 5 like inch area like, <laughs> yeah. where your feet are going and that's really cool and i like yeah. that too yeah the, the
0: just the atmosphere in general is is not something I'd want to have like a podcast running in the background. Too. Yeah. I feel like that would kind of, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of tarnish a bit of that experience. Like, not only mechanically is it good to be focused, but also just to take in all the scenery and take in like the sounds and music and and visuals and stuff. I all my attention whenever I'm playing has been focused on that game. Yeah,
3: yeah, I mean, in addition to like maintaining your balance, you have to keep track of your stamina. You have to keep track of. I mean, there's stuff that will use battery and- Keep track of your pee. Keep track of your pee. I barely (laughs) did that. That was so weird to me. Um, Looking, then you like look above and you see the generator that you hadn't seen because you were so focused on your feet. And that feeling of relief is like, it's so easy to become really like keyed into that world. It was so hard to disengage and go to bed. Like I would be playing it and I'd be like, like, yes, I have a limited amount of time. I have to finish this game before this date so I can write, mm. but I, by the time I hit 45 hours, I was like, I can't possibly have put in 45 hours at this point, it's only been this many days. But I was just I like would look up and it was three a.m. and then at five a.m. I'd still be buzzing. I'd be up, be like, what if one more package? Like I, I, it's very hard to break yourself out of that world when you're once you're fully invested in it. And I think the biggest hurdle for people is going to get to that point of investment. Um, And so that's what I mean with like engaging with it earnestly, I think that could be said about any game, any any game that that people really highly recommend or talk about highly there's gonna be people who don't like it. Nothing is universally loved. But like, um, I do think like, if you are interested in it, you definitely have to give it some time to to show you its hand.
0: So that is the last Death straining question. But before we move on, we've got a couple more questions we'll get to. Uh, but do you guys have any closing thoughts that you want to mention? I mean, the, the biggest thing is come back or make sure to check out Callie's review. That should be up by now. Uh, we... Yeah, uh, that's the big thing. Your review, no. right? Yeah. Would be yeah, up by then.
3: Yeah, yeah that. that. Mm. I think we've
1: covered it pretty intently. I, I mean... I the...
3: think I would say we really like this game. I think we really I do. It's special.
5: Mm-hmm. I would yeah. be
1: interested to see what the reaction is from everyone else. Yeah, That's, I, that's the thing. When I started playing it, I was like, this is going to be divisive.
3: It hot. definitely reminds me of Red Dead 2, mm. where I think the slowness really put a lot of people off. Yeah. And, I mean... That was our game of the year last year. Like, I think the GameSpot staff were very patient, earnest people, I guess. So,
1: I <laughs> think it's maybe because we're all, and I mean, this is extremely a good way. anxious, high strung. Mm.
3: Everyone at this is, office is extremely high strung. And
1: it's just kind of nice to take some time and just not be for a while.
3: Yeah. yeah. We are like team anxiety over here hell yeah
1: because even though the game like we haven't even talked about the fact that it rates you on your deliveries right it, takes, it <gasps> oh, rates you on I've
0: never gotten anything under an A like n- I got a C
1: once oh, but really? that was because <laughs> I picked up two packages and then I picked up some stuff on the way so the route that I went was, was way too long way too long so you get, you get points and stuff for taking a more efficient route and you know liking things and not damaging your package and stuff so even because you've got that you're getting likes you're getting, you're building up relationships with characters within the game. I will get my five stars with Jeff Keeley. You mark my words. It's worth it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he sends me emails. Yeah, <laughs> I love reading the mail. Read the mail. Read That's the, the mail. last thing I that want to is say. A big thing. Read your freaking mail. Read those interviews. Read all that stuff. The reading yeah. part is so good. The,
2: the reading is is if you want to get the most out of it, you. It's like it's like thirty or forty percent of the game for me is That's getting reading. the stuff. In those, I'm those I'm files. excited to see. <laughs> these these <laughs>
0: frustrating YouTubers like bend over backwards to try to tell their audience that this game is not political. Oh yeah, oh, maybe I shouldn't is. bring it up on this podcast but but I We already talked like,
3: about Modern Warfare so. Yeah.
0: I I think just like in general though like there there are some very clear uh uh relationships or uh, uh parallels. You can't dance around them. You, They're right there. Yeah. You cannot dance around it and I'm very Interested to see some of these. I won't mention any of them by name, but some of these YouTubers who like to be controversial yeah, yeah. and whatnot try to say that this game is not political because it it'll be a fun time. It, yeah, it it'll be interesting. But on,
3: on oh, a and, and no, oh, fragile you know. is a good character. Heck yeah, it's uh, <laughs> a, a hill I'm gonna die on. As,
2: as a last thing for Dust Running, do we want to shout out like one person who's really helped us while we've been playing?
3: Just shout out to Captain it's like, Dongs. It's gotta be Captain Dongs. Captain Dongs. Dongs. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Dongs puts down all the structures.
2: Uh, Sign structures, they Mm. don't stick to one thing, they do it all. Uh, So thank you Captain Dongs for all of your help. Thank you. All right. That's Death Stranding, at least so
0: far. We're going to be talking about this game probably a lot more, uh, especially when the game's out and we can say more about it, Uh, but if you guys still have questions you want us to answer, feel free to send those in uh, and we'll try to get to as many as we can and then when the game comes out we'll have more in-depth discussion, more in-depth discussions where we can talk about more stuff. Uh, Callie, do you want to take this next question? It's a long one.
3: Sure. This one's from Gray Fox, who was uh, who joined us for the um, Extra Life uh, mm. stream that we did.
0: He's always in our stream.
3: Gray Fox. <laughs> Shout out to Gray Fox. Hi, everyone. Love the podcast, obviously. You guys are all great. This is, I'm, this is someone wrote this. I'm not just saying that. <laughs> Love the podcast, obviously. You guys are all great. Callie requested more compliments a few weeks ago, so there you go. Thank you. I I need validation. I've been reading since the days of videogames.com. I am not from Dayton, Ohio, nor am I a video game ninja. However, I'm 38 and I've spent 13 years of my life working as the manager of a video game store very similar to GameStop or Game for our cool UK friends Lucian and Tamor. My question is, what are your thoughts on the concept of street dates for video game releases? Having been around for a while, I've noticed that in the days of PS1 or N64, street dates were hardly a thing and then became very present in later generations of consoles. These days it seems like we're hearing a little less about them. Are these long-awaited dates still important? Would you say that releasing games digitally had something to do with it? Am I just not paying enough attention? Trivia time. What released on 9999? Anybody?
2: It's a dreamcast, isn't it? Mm.
3: Or how about eleven eleven eleven? That's Yeah. Should be easy enough. It was very easy for me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it.
3: Thanks for the constant news and entertainment you guys provide, and I'm looking forward to your extra life shenanigans. Oh, I guess Gray Fox wrote this before Mm -hmm. Extra Life, but thank you for joining us and donating during Extra Life. P.S. Hook me up with an access to the GS Discord. We are working on it. Uh, Street dates. You know, I can't say I know much about them. I
2: I feel like we still talk about them, or at least I I think about them as much as I I always have personally, because they're kind of tied to like embargoes that we sometimes have to adhere to. (laughs) Uh, It... It. I have seen a lot of people kind of like wavering on them. Uh, smaller stores breaking them a lot. It being a thing that you hear a lot about because everyone's like, "Oh, I can get the new Modern Warfare two days early because From my
1: special shop." Yeah, the my special shop on the street, yeah. or uh, Amazon
2: will screw up and yeah. like people will have.
0: Like, I saw someone tweeting about like, "Hey, look, I already got Luigi's Mansion." I'm like, dang it, I want Luigi's,
1: I want Luigi's I want Mansion. Want, there's a shop. Uh, there's this, an online store in the UK called Shop Two that was pretty notorious for that. Mm-hmm. Just they would just ship stuff out. They would they would ship it. You know, like the Royal Mail will say, "Oh, it will take two days to get there, but it would be next day." Because the Royal Mail sometimes can be super efficient.
2: I think wow. I, I remember specifically around the time Metal Gear Solid Five was happening, Best Buy would send things out like one to two days ahead of oh, time. Oh yeah, because I I, I canceled my Amazon order for a Best Buy one and I got it two days early.
1: I did that exact same thing with Shop Two.
2: Yeah, mm. uh, that's that's a good t- people breaking street dates anymore.
3: I see. I didn't. I. I very rarely as a kid ever got games when they came out. No, me neither. I would, I would have to wait. I would wait. Months down the line. Save up or yeah. like wait until my dad wanted to buy it. Yep. Yeah. One time though, a really quick anecdote. anecdote. <laughs> my dad one time called me on his way home from work. You know how someone will be like, oh, I'm going to the store. Do you want anything? My dad literally was like, hey, I'm stopping by GameStop. Do you want anything?
5: Ooh.
3: And I was like, Pokemon White. <laughs> and then he brought it home for me. Damn. And
1: uh, that was wild. The only street dates I used to know or care about as a, a youth would be The Sims.
3: Oh, yeah. Can I have and, another uh, quick anecdote? Yes. Because I found my journal from high school what? <laughs> when I was home. And it's written in like gel pen, first of all. I found it. And, and uh, yes, I absolutely cared about the release date for Sims mm-hmm. games because there's an entry. I forget... The oh yeah yeah, yeah. because they delayed The Sims Mm three and there is an entry where I write a just a diatribe just Just furious furious like an internet comment but like in pink gel pen (laughs) I can't believe they would do this I was waiting this is the thing I was looking forward to most and I can't believe they would delay The Sims three and it's like this crazy unhinged me at whatever however old I was fifteen. Writing about how upset I was that The Sims 3 was delayed. So that was a wild time in my life. Dang. Continue, Lucy.
1: No, I just, I would just remember because they would give you um, uh, inserts into the expansion yes. packs that you would buy. And I think, was it, uh, The Sims 2 had its own launcher, didn't it? And they would update mm-hmm. stuff then. But yeah, in The Sims 1 days, before I had even internet, yeah, I would just, I, because I went back to my dad's a few uh, months ago and I was like, oh, God, I still have them. Do you have them? I have them all, all of my original like discs, and they have all the ads and oh. manuals. I miss manuals, man. Yeah, Me right, too. Yeah. I would read those oh. religiously. Yeah, I would, I would read The Simsons because I could only play if I was at my dad's house. So what I would do, God, this is sad. I would take the manuals back to my mom's house where I was during the week, and I would read them, I and the I would plan thing. out what I was going to
3: make and who I was going to do, I used to read guides uh, snap. so I could stave off the feeling of needing to play the game when yeah. I couldn't so play it.
2: I want to I wanna expose a bit of myself as well here. <laughs> this uh, is the same Bad space. phrase, but um,
3: <laughs> anyway. Full frontal nonsense. <laughs> Full frontal
2: nonsense. Uh, I 200% was the kid that would overstuff their backpack to the point of it ripping filled with like Nintendo Power Magazines and like video game uh, guides and Uh, I put PlayStation booklets uh, inserts into my desk at school so I could read them instead of trying to learn. I remember specifically like (laughs) there's a cool kid in the class who was into skateboarding and I was trying to like... Of course he was. Yeah. (laughs) I was trying to be like, dude, you see this like Thrasher skate game? I heard that there's you guys like Thrasher magazine. That's a skating thing, right? And so I'm like leaning over trying to show it to him to like get him to like... Notice me and think I'm cool too, and the teacher called me out and took it away, and I never got it back. (gasps) What? Wow. Um, But the joke's on them. I didn't own it. I actually rented it, and it wasn't Thrasher's Skate and Destroy. wasn't too great. It was all right. There's no Tony (laughs) Hawk, but uh, anyway, yeah, a lot of backpacks that ripped because I carried too many books, and and it was a great time. And I actually still have a lot of them back at home. Hell yeah. Yeah. Mine was writing fictionalized versions of the game that I played. So
4: it would be like you if almost I fan it.
1: fiction there, and then you went. <laughs> <laughs> I've written
4: fan fiction. I'm not. A f- I'll, I'll admit it. Listen, I have not written fan fiction.
5: Okay.
1: Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, I've never written it. I used to read a lot. Of it.
4: But yeah, as in like I'd I'd play <laughs>
1: you know, a mission you know.
4: <laughs> and then rewrite the mission when I didn't have chance to play it. So I'd be like writing it down. So that was my way of rediscovering. I also there was a period when I was playing um, fighting games really intensely, where I'd. Without an arcade stick, I'd still press the buttons on an arcade stick in front of me. So I'm practicing combos when I didn't actually have the ability to practice a combo. Heck that yeah, was, like, wild!
3: Yeah, this isn't about street dates, but no. we really are—we uh, really are showing our uh, true selves. Street dates are important. <laughs> I think
2: I memorized beta dates more actually for games. Now that I think about it. This came out of nowhere with that so a lot of weird things going on in my head I don't know what's (laughs) going on what
3: about you You, you've been to a midnight release
0: I have I I don't think I really cared about street dates until Halo 2 uh, because I pre-ordered it because that's what everyone else was doing and like I didn't really look anything up online but someone was like Halo 2 and I was like I like Halo 1 and they're like you gotta pre-order it otherwise you're not gonna get a copy of it until months after and I was like really? So I I was like I was like dad let's go. Okay,
1: Mr. Microsoft?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it's like yeah, we have to go right now because the last thing I want is all my friends be playing Halo 2 and telling me what happens and I and I can't play it. And he's like, "All right, I guess we'll go." And then we went and then it slowly snowballed and uh go into yeah. going to the midnight release and then from there like I preordered games for a while uh, cuz I wanted them day they come out, but I kind of stopped doing that just because the the whole like for a while there is like you can get a pre-order bonus different pre-order bonus depending on where you pre-order the game and they'd oh, be yeah, scattered yeah. around and it got to the point where it's like no i'm gonna boycott this this is stupid like yeah, it, yeah. and like the reason why i pre-ordered games back in the day is because i was always worried that they might run out and like with halo that wasn't an issue but there were certain games that if you didn't pre-order you weren't going to get um especially like some of the i don't know some of the nintendo games that i was into i felt like I, if I didn't get it on day one, I or if I didn't pre-order it, I probably wouldn't get it. And now, that's clearly not an issue. They're always going to have stock uh, if you just want to buy it on day one, most of the time, depending on the game. Fire Emblem Awakening is one that I remember I could not get anywhere really? after it came out because I didn't pre-order it. Because Nintendo is like, no one cares about this series in the States. So we're just we don't we don't need to send that many. And I And then
3: the states were like false. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: I, I went to I think like three Best Buys, four games games, spots, <laughs> game stops, <laughs> and I could not find it till finally I found a Best Buy that was like way too far away. And my poor dad drove me out there. Aww. I was like, Aww. got it.
3: Uh, the only midnight release I went to was for Majora's Mask, 3D, and I ran into Carolyn Pettit there. That Aww. was a nice day. I was worried I wouldn't get it because I don't think I pre-ordered. I think I just got in line because I was like, "Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want it." And then I got it. It was fine.
1: I've never been to a midnight launch for a game. Oh, think it's technically the PS4 launch. Well, but the, I was working. I've so. been to a lot.
0: <laughs> the weird thing too, <laughs> which is probably what count. Gray Fox is talking about now, is like they don't really do midnight launches. They just give you the game at 9 p.m. because yeah. you can oh, get it digitally night. Night. Yeah, at 9 p.m. Yeah, yeah. At least in the West Coast over here. Like I remember. The last, I guess, midnight release I went to. Nick and I went to No Man's Sky to, to get No Man's Sky at midnight because they didn't send us a lot of codes up front. Uh, or actually, I don't know if they sent us any, to be honest. Uh, and Nick and I walked over there at nine, and we we're like, "We're here for the midnight thing." Like, you just take it. Like wow. you just have, like we've Aww. already been we've already been selling them. Like technically, we can do it at nine. We're like, okay. Sick. So we just we like gave them our pre order stuff and got it, and like we didn't even need to pre order this. And
3: so, can't oh, kind of take the fun out of it. I went to the uh, midnight launch for um, one of the Harry Potter books. I did the fifth Harry Potter book as a midnight launch. Yeah, it might have been the fifth. Yeah, the f- uh, maybe it was the
1: fourth.
4: I went to the last one. It was at local Tesco's, so it was like no one was there.
3: I just walked in and I, walked out. I saw the last Harry Potter movie at midnight in York. Oh, in England. In England. Yeah, and there was no one there. We were just like there were like these five American teenagers like sobbing in the and it was before anyone in America could see it and oh yeah yeah and that's the day my childhood ended oh so
1: I went to the midnight launch of uh, the second Twilight movie let's move on
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, wait the worst one oh it was because what? it was what? because no 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 it was because. It was my oh. first. Oh, it was my first year of university, and these were the people who I'd be living with in my second year, and I'd never met them. And they were like, "Oh, let's do this uh, night out as a house, get to know each other by sitting in a dark room and not talking to each other for two hours and watching Edward and, watching, and Bella be in a fight yeah. <laughs> for hours." Um, but then we did, and we got drunk afterwards. So it was nice, great.
0: Lucy. Do you want to read the last question?
1: Uh, this one's from Lee, at Leeson eight six five on Twitter. Thank you very much for tweeting. Is that like? Liam Neeson made into one Liam Neeson's knees son (laughs) (laughs) hey guys love the podcast I've been listening to you all since the lobby first started and love your random tangents many laugh out loud many laugh out loud moments thank god (laughs) (laughs) anyway my question is which game left you with deep slash philosophical thoughts after playing it minus Soma that ending haunted me mine would be um, what remains of Edith Finch (laughs) Because I, unfortunately, come from a family where I experienced a lot of loss before the age. I lost all of my grandparents before I was 15. And, like, one of my grandmothers died on my birthday when I was a kid. Uh, Like, my godparents would die, my extended family, my stepfather in recent years. And it's very strange to kind of go through all that grief and then play a game that is just about grief. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, yeah, it makes you think about sort of the missed opportunities that you've had with people and I mean like obviously I know that I can't be expected to know everything about all my grandparents and whatever because I was a kid and you assume that your grandparents are gonna be around forever and stuff but it kind of made me reflect on me as an adult not realizing that I didn't actually know that much about my family and that's why I am you know closer these days with my aunt and uncle than I've ever been because I was like hey you're my family and We're not all going to be around for a long time. Really brought that down, but that's mine.
0: (laughs) I I think one for me, which I guess probably isn't a huge surprise, but The Witcher 3 is Mm. a game that I walked away with, but just still thinking about that game and about how it it portrays war, I think, better than any other game has done, uh, because it doesn't focus on the soldiers. It focuses on the people who are still there after the battle goes like the the interview that we did with uh uh Taylor Kurosaki the he he was saying that like one thing that people forget about especially in the one segment where the uh the, the where the cheese where chemical weapons are hitting Farah's hometown uh he brings up that we want to show the damage that war does to 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 these people not the soldiers but the people who are actually there living there and i think that particular mission does a decent job of showing that but i think when you compare that to something like the Witcher where pretty much every character you interact with has been affected by this war that's going on. And it may not be overt, but in some way, in some way of the quest, their story, what they say, you kind of get that impression that this war has not been easy on anyone. Uh, and then I think it takes it to a level deeper where, especially if you don't really keep up with lore, you don't know why these people are fighting. You don't know why the North is fired or why Nilfgaard is fighting the the northern realms and you don't understand who's the good guy who's the bad guy and a lot of people i've talked to were like but but i don't get why they're fighting someone explain why they're fighting I'm like no kind of the magic of this game is that you don't really know what's going on you're not supposed to because this stuff is messy politics are messy the, like like the, there are no wars that are just started because we are the good guys and we need to defeat the bad guys like even if you look at world war ii which is i think one of the best examples of a war that's like Nazis versus everyone else. Like, we got to get rid of the Nazis. There are still so many factors at play. This is why, like, 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 you look at the bombing of, like, Dresden or something like that, which was just, like, the U.S. pretty much just glass civilians. Mm. Uh, and, it, like, it's just never that simple. And I think that that's probably my favorite thing about The Witcher, and it's something that I still think about is how, like, yeah, this is a good reflection of many wars that I feel like games don't really nail. Uh, And even Modern Warfare, I think, is an example of that. And pretty much Battlefield games, Call of Duty games, they just don't quite get it, I think, in a way that Witcher does. Uh, And to be fair, I've never been in a war, so I don't know exactly how it feels, but I think the way it portrays it is very interesting and and valuable. Damn. Bringing it down again.
2: Uh, Let's keep it going. How far can we go? (laughs) Uh, I guess, uh, for me, Metal Gear Solid 3... Uh, because t- spoiler reasons, uh, there's a reason why my house has a giant picture of Big Boss, like custom painted by someone, up in our over our dinner table. Oh hell yeah! He's uh yeah, clearly sp- another not political game at oh, all. Oh no, not no politics way, at all in that shape game <laughs> form. Uh, but yeah, the, he had to go through a lot of stuff, and it makes me think a lot. Uh, Don and V3 makes me think a lot again what? because spoilers. <laughs> not necessarily philosophical, but it makes me think a lot. Uh, and I guess the original Red Dead Redemption for what mm-hmm. is in the game, but also kind of reasons similar to what Lucy had going on. Mm. Uh, but I'll go in into that too much. But the, those are probably the most, like the, the games that I've probably thought about and dwelled on more than most.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah, mine's probably Metal Gear Solid 3 as well. Just more specifically because of the relationship between boss, boss, and uh, big boss, I guess naked snake at the time that kind of the wanting to to kind of please and also respect the legacy of someone when it's forced when when that person is turned into the the enemy and you don't really know you know the the true circumstances of it like that was a thing that i kind of thought about a lot in in after the fact and and that the need and how much you you engage with other people and how you try to please them and that kind of stuff. It was it was just an interesting game from that m- almost mother. The this, the relationship between Naked Snake and Big Boss is like really tricky and it's really tangled up in a lot of strange dynamics. But it's and fundamentally it's about almost like a mother and son relationship, mm-hmm. and there's various ways that that can apply to someone in real life. And and it's I think it's a powerful game because of that. Kojima, again. Kojima. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Leave him alone.
3: <laughs> um, pretty much every game I play now uh, for review gives me an existential crisis. Mm. So my results are a little skewed because I basically, every with every review, I completely rethink what a review is, and it's a lot. Um, but I, I talked about this when we were talking about games that made you cry, but Red Dead 1 definitely made me think about like futility um, and the, how sometimes you can try and not succeed. You can try your best, but you but don't, you don't succeed. succeed. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> and then uh, I would say Majora's mask really messed me up because um, I've always had a lot of anxiety around time, Um not having enough time, not doing things on time. Um Like I wouldn't, I mean, I, I just have a lot of anxiety, period. But, like, I, I, uh, if I didn't start my homework by a certain time, I would, would like, ruin my night. I would freak mm-hmm. out. Um, which is kind of a... I don't know. Anyway, um, so Majora's Mask was very hard for me to play as an adult because I felt so much pressure from that game, getting things done. Uh, but the fact that you can go back... Uh, you know before the moon hits and tackle those the different things you have to do actually was very empowering for me once i got over the hurdle of like being a little freaked out by it um and i ended up 100% in that game and it was very it was it gave me a lot of like oh yeah, i i just had to take things one step at a time and i can get them done so that gave me a lot of like thoughts and then i guess depression quest would be another one that one was like I was just, I had just been diagnosed with major depressive disorder. So it was, it was kind of like a, I wanted my mom to play it so she would understand what my life was like. So, yeah. Just keeping it down. Keeping yeah. It real power. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the place to end episode 13 <laughs> on. Uh, thank you all for joining me. Uh, I think this was a, pretty solid episode hopefully we answered a lot of death stranding questions cleared the air but once again if you have more questions feel free to send those our way and if we can answer them next week we will if not sorry we'll get to it eventually or you'll play it and you'll figure it out and if you have questions you can email them at after dark podcast at gamespot.com uh ben where can people find you what are you working on
2: every video you see published on the site (laughs) uh, it's gone through me uh but yeah i don't know uh Sometimes I tweet stuff. My my Twitter is just my name at Benjanka. There's jokes there sometimes. Benjanka that's the one. That's I'll never change that name ever again. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Cool. Tamor. Uh, I'm at
4: Tamor H. I'm doing various things, so you'll find me on the website.
1: On the website. <laughs> <laughs> the website.
4: VideoGames.com. Video
0: <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm at Lucy James Games. Uh, this Sunday is the final episode of the first season of True Fiction, uh, and it's all about Star Wars. So please enjoy. It's very, um, very good episode that Kurt's put together, um, and we had a lot of fun working on that series. And it's kind of weird to think that it's over. It's it ain't over like, till it's over. It sounded
0: like you said the kids put together. The but kids, you said Kurt. You Kurt said it's very Richard, good episode that Kurt put together. Chris, yes. <laughs> Callie,
3: you can. Find me on Twitter at Inky InkyDojiko, I um, N K Y D O J I K K O. Like Jake said, um, please look out for my Death Stranding review. And other than that, I, I work on, uh, I, like Ben with videos, every review for a video game goes through me. So read our reviews, please. Just um, go.
1: And I see I'm going to be up by the time this goes out. Yes
3: should
1: Ooh. be read that read that
3: one definitely um if it's not up by the time you're listening to us to this it will be soon so on the way yeah and then um after after death stranding i'm just gonna move right along to to gear up for pokemon so just straight vibing just straight vibing <laughs> all the time all day every day
0: uh yeah. you can find me at jacob deck on twitter i'm gonna be at blizzcon so there's probably be things GameSpot will do
1: mate with that mate I've already (laughs) put aside half an hour of next week's podcast talk about Overwatch don't worry about it it's gonna be great
0: (laughs) well I actually another thing I guess to point out is that I won't be on next week's episode uh, because I will be out of town Uh, so Lucy and Tamora you guys are gonna run that one with John Luke and Chastity Vicencio will be joining Mm -hmm. you guys thank you all for listening and we'll see you again next week
3: bye 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 We're depressed. Sam, it's me, (laughs) Die (laughs) Hardman!
5: BB. Ugh.